Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. All right, I guess we'll just go down the line. Uh, Derek Larger, do you want to start us off? Hi, all right, there we go. Hi, Kevin. Uh, so I guess first question we had uh, was a lot of uh, questions that people had about Dio and uh, why he was selected so early. Um, could you give us some insight as to potentially why, um, despite the injuries and some of the other things that people had questions about why Dio was somebody that the Colts felt they couldn't pass on until later? Well, I mean, I think first of all, you, you look at the tape and it's pretty clear that, that he's a guy that can help you immediately off the edge, reduce him inside over a guard and play three technique and he can rush from both spots. Uh, he plays with the motor we want. Uh, he's got starter upside. He's got, he's got big upside. And then I think as far as the injury goes, I mean, the way, you know, sports medicine and, and you know, the medical field has progressed with Achilles injuries, it's guys come back off of them and, and they're fine. So when the, as far as the injury goes, I don't think it was a, a big concern with, with how far he was going to drop. And, uh, you know, when he, when he gets back, when he gets back to full strength, you're going to see the upside that we saw and, and he's going to make an impact for us. Evan Sidery. Hey, Kevin, thanks for doing it. I just had a quick question on Quiddy. Just what stood out to you most on tape? Obviously, the athleticism pops off, the effort, the motor. When you watch Quiddy pay, what, what stands out the most to you? I think the fact that, that he's a guy that does dirty work. Um, he's a guy that, you know, they use as, as the, uh, the inside twister, and he'll give up his body uh, for the guy that's, that's looping around the edge. Uh, they kick him inside. He, he'll play over a guard and play three tech. They've even reduced him over a, a center and played him at nose. Um, I mean, he can play all across the line. He's probably a guy that can play play on the edges on early downs, reduce him over a guard on on third down. And uh, I mean, he's he's got everything. I mean, other than a little bit of length, you know, he wish he had a little bit longer arms, but he's got feet. He's got speed. He's got power. And he plays the way that, that Coach Eberflus wants him to play. I mean, he, he's a guy that's going to be uh, very low on the loaf chart for, for Coach Flus. And uh, he, is, he is exactly the guy that we want representing the horseshoe. You know, just you think about all the guys that opted out. You know, Michigan had a, had a season that, that didn't quite go the way they wanted. They had a bunch of guys opt out at Michigan. You know, Quiddy gets an injury couple games into the year, he could have easily shut it down, but he didn't. He came back against Penn State and played his butt off. So, I mean, he, he's got physically and makeup-wise, he's got everything we want in a player. Destin Adams. Hi there, Kevin. Again, thanks for doing this. Um, so there was a little bit of a run on safeties um, before and after the pick at 165. What about Sean Davis set, set him apart from the other safeties on the board there? No, he, he's a guy that, that we watched. And I mean, we go through the board three times and, uh, and every time you like them more and more. I mean, they, you don't see, especially with the tempo of, of today's game, you don't see guys fly around and, and give their body up 
the way that Sean does. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of you guys are around for the Bob Sanders era. Um, it's, it's lofty comparison. I'm not, I'm not going to put Sean in, in that range right now, but he plays with the same type of passion and reckless abandon throwing his body into the fray. And you can tell the guy loves football the way he plays. Um, and to get that type of guy, you know, when, when you see that on tape, you feel pretty good about him, one, being a good special teamer because you have to have that type of energy. And then two, you know, if he, if he gets onto the field, I mean, he's going he's gonna to empty the tank for you. And to me, that's what jumped out with Sean. Cody Felger. Hi, Kevin. I wanted to ask you about Kylan Granson. Um, curious about your perspective on what he can bring to the Colts tight end group. I know it's been rumored that you guys were looking to add a receiving tight end. Looks like he's very good at that. Um, what do you think his skill set, how do you think it complements the other couple guys in the tight end room? It's really, it's, it's really perfect for what we're looking for. You know, Trey Burton, he's kind of in a similar mold to Trey. Um, you know, with Jack and Mo, I mean, they're, they're blockers. They catch the ball. You know, Kylan's going to give us a little bit more of a vertical threat. You know, when you, can, when you can get some speed down the seams on those safeties, it just adds another dimension to the, to the unit. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that's – he's played receiver, so it's natural to him. He's going to have a natural knack, um, and he was productive. You know, he scores touchdowns. Uh, so I think his fit, it's, it's going to be natural, just kind of like Trey was last year for us. Lawrence Owen. Hello, Kevin. Uh, pleasure to meet you. I, my question is probably what everyone on everyone's mind has to do with uh, offensive tackle. I know that Chris Ballard says that they, they will not be reaching, that they'll grab the best that comes down. But uh, w w is that what happened in this draft, that, you know, you know BPA was a little bit uh, away from the tackle when it came to his point of the draft, when it's time for him to pick? No, it's, it's exactly what happened. You know, it's uh... – just the way things fell, there's a lot of rounds where we had some guys targeted and it just, they just didn't quite get to us. And uh, we followed the board and we feel good about the guys that we got. And, uh, you know, as the process unfolds, we'll, we'll see what, what presents itself to us. You know, we feel like we have guys that have lined up and played in the league in the locker room right now and played well. And, you know, we'll see how it unfolds. Evan Sidery. What is the process, Kevin, that goes into a player being a blue card? I've heard this on the With the Next Pick series sometimes. It seems like it's a very big focus for the Colts and drafting players. What qualifies one to be a blue card? It's it's tough now. I mean, we, we don't we don't tag a bunch of them. I mean, there may be there were maybe ten of them on the board, um, but it's it's a guy that when you watch him play, there there's not a doubt that that he's a Colts fit. I mean, toughness effort uh, there's never going to be a question about where this guy's heart is or, or what he's going to do to win a football game and uh, to get the blue card I mean they're there and then we get some guys that are kind of in that that 85th percentile that as much as you like him as much positive things that were said about him in the school there's there's something that that's holding us back from tagging him so so to be a blue card it's it's a rare thing in our draft room Michael Terzos. Hey, Kevin. Uh, for Kylan Granson, what separated him as a tight end prospect uh, against all the other prospects that were left on the board? 
you know, t to me, it was a lot of it was the fit, you know, just getting that pass catcher. Um, yeah, and we had them we had them rated pretty highly just with with the guys that could actually be a mismatch threat. And we felt like he was kind of the last guy on the board that, that could give us that option to split out and, and create some mismatches against linebackers and safeties. And, you know, the character fit us, smart kid. Uh, he's played in multiple roles. So, you know, we, we it was really a natural fit to kind of like I, I mentioned before with Trey Burton. Um, who Frank had a lot of success with. It was it was just a natural fit for us. Destin Adams. Um, with this draft cycle being a little bit irregular with the lack of a combine and the lack of some medicals for a larger group of the prospects, did that um, play into the fact of having a little bit less trades as an organization this year? You know, I don't think so. I think it just the guys on the board we, we liked, you know, and you can't, you can't force teams to call you, you know, to trade back. Uh, the phone didn't ring a ton. And even when it did, we had guys on the board that, that we didn't feel it was worth trading back, you know, and giving up the player or risking giving up the player. Derek Larger. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about Sam Ellinger. Uh, that was quite a uh, interesting and shocking pick for a lot of us. Uh, could you possibly break down the decision as to uh, deciding to draft him and what that does for the uh, quarterback competition with Jacob Eason? If you have a quarterback on your draft board, it means you believe in him. And, you know, Matt Turpening uh, has probably been his biggest proponent, uh, just the kid's character. I mean, he's, he's a winner. I mean, he, you guys know when, Quarterbacks have to have an it factor, and and this kid has it. You know, um, anytime you can add that element to the locker room, uh, a guy that's win on on the biggest stage. I mean, uh, to me, it's a no brainer. You know, and to get him where we got him in the draft, it, it was a pretty easy decision. Patrick. Yeah, Kevin. Everybody was expecting the the trade back, and this is going to kind of jump on um, Dustin's question a little bit, but how much did that change your guys' game plan when those trade offers didn't come in and you didn't stock up on the capital for the second and third rounds? You're saying in the first round? Correct. Well, I think it would have had to, it would have had to be something that we just couldn't refuse to give up Quiddy. I mean, it was, he was a guy that, that, we had targeted fairly early in the process. So unless we were gonna, you know, get something that we just couldn't turn down, it wasn't gonna happen. Um, you know, and that, and the way we saw it too was really once you get to the bottom half of the third round, it really thinned out. So it was gonna have to be something pretty substantial and some, you know, we were gonna have to be the clear winners in the trade. We have time for two more questions, Lawrence Owen. This might be a little little off topic. I hope this is a, a good enough to be asked. But with the COVID-19 and the restrictions that it was applied on uh, with the combine and all of that, I was curious, uh, was there added like man hours to the scout team and all of that and the, any extra work that they had to put in? 
you're saying as, as far as just gathering background on, on the players? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, I would, I would say no. I mean, it, it was, I mean, everything was just done more by phone. Um, you know, and the sooner you got, you know, the sources and the, and the process, the better you could kind of sense, you know, coaches and, and, you know, the medical staffs are getting a little worn out with having to make multiple, you know, phone calls with people. But, uh, I think our staff does as good a job as any is establishing contacts and, uh, and maintaining those contacts. So I think we got our, the information we got was as good as any. And, and I will say this, the colleges did a great job getting the zoom calls scheduled, getting as much information out on the guys ahead of time to kind of, you know, cut through the fat, you know, get, get the, get the generic questions out of the way so you could get to the nitty gritty. But uh, I don't, I don't feel like we missed out on, on much information this year. Justin Adams. Um, the last pick of the draft um, does end up being an offensive lineman. Um, a lot of fans were waiting on an offensive lineman to hear their name and it ends up being Will Fries um, with a guy who's played almost every position on the O-line, do you have a certain spot that you guys liked him best at? You know, I think his most natural fit is going to be a guard, but I think he's a guy that can kick out and play tackle when you need him to. I mean, he's a, he's a big, dense guy. You know, I know Chris has talked about lean mass. He's a guy that's going to, it's going to have good lean mass, so his natural strength fits better on the inside. But if we had to kick him out, he's got the length to, to slide out and play tackle as well. We'll actually just do one more Michael Terzos. So with uh, doubling down at defensive end with Pay and Deo, where would that leave Ben Bangu and Kamoko Toure in their development? No, I mean, I, I think it doesn't change anything for them. I mean, they, they both know they have to to step up and have big years, and, and we expect them to have big years. Both are talented guys uh, that, that work hard and, and have upside. Um, I think it's a good situation to be in, to have a, a room full of talented guys, you know, some that have played more than others, but all that can play at, at high levels in the NFL. So I, to me, it's a, it's a good problem. I mean, you know, I mean, to, to beat the good quarterbacks in the NFL, it's pass rush. And uh, the cream will rise to the top in that room. We have no doubt about that. All right, Kevin, thank you very much for your time tonight. No problem. Thank you, everyone else, for your coverage. We hope you have a good evening. Thanks, all.